Hey everyone, welcome to Women's Work, Rising, Leading, and Thriving, produced by the Institute for Women, Wellness, and Work at Ursuline College. I'm Gina Messina, and this is a podcast that empowers women to recognize ourselves as the leaders we've been waiting for. I am delighted to be talking with Dr. Denise Reading today. She is the founder of Get Worker Fit and also LDR Worldwide, for which she was recognized as Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernst & Young, Ohio. She is well-recognized as a bridge builder and is committed to educating women on what it means to live intentionally and how we can choose our paths forward to live more meaningful lives grounded in our own values. Denise, I am always so excited to talk with you. You have just been an incredible mentor. I see you doing the most amazing things in our world, and I'm always learning from you. And I just had such a wonderful opportunity to come to one of your retreats on intentional living. And I learned so much, so many things I need to be putting into practice in my life. And so I thought I would start off asking you if you would mind sharing a little bit about how you define intentional living. What is it and why should we be doing it? So, you know, Gina, first of all, I love being with you as well, but thank you for having me again. And I love to talk about intentional living because intentional living is the idea that we can get more out of life by being purposeful, by really thinking and reflecting on how we're living our life, spending our time, building our relationships, how we work and how we play, by really thinking about it, reflecting on it, and figuring out how we align our time and our energy with our values and our gifts, this really helps us get the most out of life. And so many of us are just on autopilot, right? We just get on the treadmill of life. And it's interesting because recently, you know, the pandemic knocked a lot of people off the treadmill. And a lot of people are thinking, wow, I didn't realize I was tired or I didn't realize I was spending this much time at work or I was, wasn't getting enough time with my kids or whatever it is. And so all of a sudden they are, people are asking, you know, how do, how do I make my life work post-pandemic? You know, how, how am I intentional now that I've had this kind of chance to step back? I always like to say by choice or by chance, you know, I got laid off or, you know, things happened that changed how you were living. Right, right. For so many of us, especially women, so many things have changed. A lot of us, our kids, well, it's summertime now, so our kids are home again. But for a lot of us, we were balancing homeschooling our kids and and just managing childcare and more dishes and more laundry and, and everything, right? In addition to working and figuring things out and wanting to not be viewed differently, for sure, because so many of us feel that we're judged in some way, like, oh, you're not really putting in the effort at, at work because you're also taking care of your kids. So there's been a lot to figure out. And being intentional, I love this idea because I've joked with you that every day for me is just flying by the seat of my pants. I wake up and I pick up my laptop and then I fall asleep with my laptop on me. And we just see what happens throughout the day, right? Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And making intentional decisions about even how you wake up was something that you had said to me that I was like, oh my goodness, I wake up to blaring noises because I'm afraid I'm not going to wake up. But you talked about 
really thinking about those tones that are waking you up and how that begins to set the intention for your day. So can you talk about that and, and, and what kinds of things you recommend? Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that got me going down this path of intentional living is that for a number of years, I did a lot of executive coaching for women in corporations. And one of the first things they'd say to me is how exhausted they are, how tired they are. And part of it was the pace of work, but part of it was work that wasn't fulfilling to the soul. Part of it was that they physically had gotten out of shape and and weren't taking good care of themselves because they were running, working, pushing. And it goes right to how do we sleep? You know, am I intentional about how I care for myself? And so how do I start my day? Do I start my day with chaos? We like to tease my mom who used to, no matter what time it was when she woke us up, she'd say, wake up, wake up, we're late. It didn't matter if we had a half an hour or 10 minutes. My mother always said, wake up, wake up, we're late. So you jump out of bed and adrenaline rushes and you you haven't even thought, right? So in intentional living, you think, is that how I want to wake up every day? And so one of the tips I give to people is, you know, what is your morning routine? How do you wake up in the morning? So I gave an example for myself that, you know, I wake up, I live on this beautiful property where the birds sing naturally in the morning. And so I have my, my alarm sounds like some birds just waking up. And I know that before I get out of bed, I'm going to spend 15 minutes, not snoozing, not getting 15 more, but I'm going to spend 15 minutes thinking about the day in front of me. And I also have it. That is my prayerful time. Before I start this day, what am I going to do? And then once I get up and go through my routine, which I won't tell you about how I brush my teeth and all that, but, you know, get ready, get ready for my day. And then I spend an hour reading every morning. Why? I'm a person who helps other people solve problems. I'm help other people innovate. I help other people strategize. So the more I can learn every day, the more resources I'm going to have to answer whatever comes in front of me that day. And of course, I like to say my name is Denise Reading. So of course, I read every day. So, but but this is my intentional routine. And, and the vast majority of the time, that's how I get up. That's how I start my day. And when I don't, it just feels like a day where you didn't brush your teeth. Like, you know, it's three o'clock and you're like, did I brush my teeth today? <laughs> and all the moms out there are going, Denise, what a luxury, you know, <laughs> after I fed the kids, had three Zooms or whatever, then I thought about brushing my teeth, <laughs> you know, but it's that kind of thing, right? If you feel out of kilter, out of sorts, unless you get a hold of yourself in that in the day. Yes. I really appreciate that you shared that. And for a lot of us, like you said, like, oh my goodness, I do not have an hour in the morning to really sit unless I get up at 4 a.m., right? Before everybody else in the house is up or whatever. You know, I've read a lot about this this morning ritual that it can even be five minutes. Yes. Right. It can even be five minutes. So what kind of recommendations would you make for a morning ritual to start your day just to get you in the right mindset to focus forward? One of the things that I, I taught for many, many years was to have a morning ritual of affirmation. Who am I? Who am I in the world? To just have a minute and to say out loud or to say in your own mind, I always tell people to do this out loud. I am a leader. I am a giver of to others. I am a problem solver. I am an energy magnet. I am. And to find these positive things, one of the women I was coaching recently uh, said to me, you know, that she had done this thing with her child in school where the children were supposed to say all the things they are to describe themselves in the most positive ways. And so she's each night before she went to bed, she'd say those with the child. And each morning when they woke up, they'd say those together. And she realized I'm not doing that for myself. It just took a few minutes 
to say the six or eight things that describe the things you most love about yourself. I, you know, I love my hair. I love that I'm a good communicator. I love that I help others, whatever it is. But to start just even with a few minutes like that, some other friends start just a few minutes in prayer or some other meditation or spiritual kind of place to say, I'm going to center myself. I have another friend who says, I look at my values. I have these three core values that I live by and I get up today and I think for a minute, what will it look like today to live as this person who has these values? How will people know me? How will people know me by my values? But that's a five-minute exercise, a 10-minute exercise. And I love to say I read an hour every morning. Most, But some mornings, you know, my world gets crazy. I had caregiving responsibilities during COVID. Sometimes it got disrupted. Sometimes I read five minutes. Sometimes I read 20 minutes. I try. I'm aspirational too. And most of the time I meet it. But some days I don't. But I still stick my ritual. Like my alarm still made that same sound. I still had that moment I still stopped for a minute to get my brain into that that thinking creative mode, big ideas. And then I start, even, even if it's just a few minutes. Some of the many things that you have talked about that I have just been really fascinated with, you know, part of being intentional, right, is really designing our own lives, which means deconstructing our lives as they are now and choosing how to rebuild it or design it. What does that look like? What does that mean? So when we talk about deconstruction, what we're really talking about is what are all of the parts that make the whole? So if you dissect something, that's another word that people might know a little bit better. I'm going to dissect that gross frog from biology class, but to all of its parts, right? But I'm going to deconstruct or break apart. You know, one of the things we do in the in the retreat is we deconstruct soups, right? What are the mm-hmm. ingredients of soups? But what we're really doing is pulling each thing apart so we can analyze it and really look at it. So for women, I try to get them to look at, you know, your career, your vocation, right? I like I try to get you to look at your relationships, Your wellness, and when I talk about wellness, I'm talking your spiritual, your physical, and your financial wellness as a woman. How do you look at time or place, environment? These can be other pieces, leisure. And so I say, you know, make what's right for you. If you think about the cornerstones of your life, what are those different pieces? And then how do you break that apart? So in relationships, is it your work relationships? You know, your manager, your coworkers, uh, your best buddy in the office, your champion? Is it your family relationships and break those out to the furthest level that you can break them out? Or how do you deal with finance as a woman? How do you break that out? I love it because every time I teach intentional living, about 70% of the women in the class say, I just wrote finance. I had nothing else to break out. And my, my next circle was, I have a banking account and I have a savings account. And then they had nothing else, right? I mean, that, that was kind of it. And that then leads to a whole set of questions we begin to ask. All right. If these are my elements, how do I feel about these elements? How do these elements fulfill different parts of my life? And how do I pull that back together? So you can't build an intentional life if you don't know what's going on with the one you've got right now, the one you're in, right? So if you want to make change or you want to at least know that what you're doing isn't just on automatic pilot, you got to break it apart to see. I love that you said that. A lot of us have no idea what makes up our lives at the moment. 
we're not paying attention. We just don't know what's going on. It's kind of, I always say the daily grind. I like what you said, like the the treadmill of life, right? You're just go, go, go. And then all of a sudden you're kind of like, where am I? Like, it's like when you're driving and you look up and you're like, how did I get to this place? (laughs) Right. You have no idea how you arrived. Exactly. Yeah. Those are such important exercises. And I am definitely that woman that would write finance and have nothing to attach to it. Um, Because often as women, we're not paying attention to those kinds of things. Like I know that there's a fairly new, several years, but called Elevest that is just focused on helping women learn to invest, right? How to invest your money, how you should be focusing on this. It's another one of those things that we should really be intentional about. I often talk about keikabo. I've told you this, the Japanese art of saving money, which I think is so interesting about being mindful with your spending. But there's so many pieces we should be paying attention to. What do you think are the most important things you know, for a woman in leadership, for a woman thinking about her career, you know, what are maybe three things that that she should be focused on in thinking about creating some new habits to work towards building an intentional life? You know, Gina, as we talk about it, one of the things we try to do is to say there aren't any shoulds. See, intentional living is very personal. You have to decide what is it you want out of life and what is it you want to do. A good friend of mine used to say, do we have to climb the ladder just because we can and grab that brass ring? Or can we at some point say, you know, I like it here on ring three and I'm just going to stay here for a while and I'm going to do what I want to do now. And, and we, you know, this was early, you know, when we started our careers, it was, you know, climb, 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 grab, 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 do the more you can. If you can, you must. And, and so intentional living says, listen, Whose rules are you living by? Some societal rules, some rules of your family, some rules around the church, even women and money. Reason women don't talk about money is the rule was that was, you know, that was a male thing. You know, our fathers and our father's fathers took care of the money, right? And even if it wasn't really true and our moms really took care of the money, out in the community, our dads did that. They earned it and they took care of it. Right. Even though in the majority of households, the women decided how to spend it, what to do with it, et cetera. Right. Because that they were the keepers of the home. So they had to pay the bills. Right. And so, you know, things have really shifted. And so when you think about career and you say, how do I get intentional? There are a couple of things I say to people. If your job feels like it's not got any energy in it, there are two or three things you might want to start looking at. One, does this job, does this culture, does this company align with your personal values? When we work against our values, when we work in a space where we have to be a different us, where we feel we're, we're not our authentic self, it is exhausting. It actually takes days off our life. And you've heard me say, in our culture in the United States, the day where we have the most suicide or suicide attempts and the most heart attacks is Sunday night, Monday morning. There is a correlation to people saying, I'm going to go back there and there's something so stressful. So the first thing I say is, are your values aligned with your workspace culture in place? That's one of the things. Number two, are you working smarter versus harder? You know, how do you, how do you succeed at work? Are you practicing the kind of growth mindset, learning and personal development so that you have the best ability to do your job with the greatest ease and the greatest information. 
That's another great career piece. And the third thing, which overlaps to this whole other piece is where do the relationships fall in? And being remote, it's interesting. Being remote has not changed this idea of relationships. It's actually made it more important. So now how do you develop the key relationships in a remote space so that you know that you're working in a collaborative way in a team if necessary, that you've got a champion, you have a sounding board. Did someone else hear that instruction the same way you did? Those relationships that lift us through work, help us through work, support us in the tasks that we're given, you know, how are you doing in that? So those are three things I would say that I would say, you know, ask yourself some questions. And that's what intentional living is all about. It's asking questions, getting your answer, and looking at that answer and saying, huh, how do I feel about that? Good? Neutral? Bad? Why do I feel that way? I wonder where my thinking comes. You know, why don't I have anything in my finance bucket? Yeah. Where did I get those rules? It's all about the questions you ask and then sitting with yourself long enough to look at the answers, deciding, keeping it, getting rid of it. And that goes for the rules in our lives too, right? Like Absolutely. a lot of us like live by these rules and it's like, if we spent some time to really think about it, why do we, why do I follow this rule? Exactly. Right? You know, my, my best piece of mentoring advice I got was uh, I was working in a space where there was this very dynamic leader, but the leader had this style of the way they interacted with people, which was not the way it worked with me. And my rule about how you treat people in workspace is it was very clear, you know, I have this clear idea about what's equitable, what, what creates community of fairness and value, et cetera. And that leader and I did not align on this. And my coach at the time said, it's her court and her ball. She has the choice to change her rule or not. And if you don't like it, you got to get your own court and your own ball, right? Yeah. So it's not only saying, these are my rules. Do I want to change my rules? What are the rules that somebody else is living by here, this company or this culture? If I can't change their rules, then can I go somewhere else where the rules fit me? And I think it's both realizing that there are all these rules and saying, wait a minute. And then the ones you don't even know you have. I, one of my favorite things is uh, somebody asked me once why I thought I was a workaholic. So I began to think about it. And I know I looked at my family of origin and we're all workaholics. And I looked at how I grew up in my faith. And I used to say the hymnal and my, my, my faith the hymnal that we sang out of every Sunday, 70% of the songs had the work, words work or toil in them. 70%. And I, I did that three days a week with a lot of singing. You can't tell me that didn't have some impression about rules. If you're not working, you must not be worthy. If you're not working, you must not be good. If you're not working, you must be lazy. Those are all rules that Denise Reading wrote. And then I could write playing is a way of working better, working smarter. You know, if I still have to hang on to my work rule, can I add playing as a new rule, having some fun as a new rule? And so you get to rewrite your rules. So what does that mean to you playing? Oh, well, again, this is the beautiful thing about intentional life. It's different for all of us. But for me, playing might be playing, literally playing. So I have two grandchildren and I am Nisi. And Nisi is the one of imagination. And so this week at our house, I don't know if you noticed, but the fairies were in flight. 
And the way we knew the fairies were in flight is the dragonflies are out and they have come out to determine if it's safe for the fairies, which are actually, you know, pollen, you know, sea pods that are moving through the sky. (laughs) But, you know, in my world with my grandchildren, we can create a whole amazing, you know, let's pretend, let's do a crazy kind of thing. Or we can go out and discover nine different kinds of mushrooms growing in the forest next to Nisi's house. That's plain. So plain is four square in the driveway. So sometimes it's that. Sometimes playing is having brunch with friends and laughing and telling stories. Telling stories is always a part of my playing. Always, even my imagination with my lunch with friends or listening to other people's stories. So reading and or watching movies, that's another way I play. Those are some of the things that I like to do just to play. So I have to tell you, I'm one of those people that really struggles with playing. People say, well, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, well, I'm I work and I'm a single mom. So uh, what do you think? Right? Like I'm busy all the time. I have so much going on. And the idea of playing, um, it even feels uncomfortable to me. Like, um, you know, I feel like my daughter with her dad, like they go hiking and they go camping. And I'm like, you know, if there's not running water and air conditioning, I'm out. And sometimes I feel like I don't know how to get to that place. And it even, it feels, it feels I guess uncomfortable, scary. So what suggestions would you make for, uh, I'm hoping there's other women out there like me that struggle with this kind of stuff. Like what suggestions would you make for us to, to kind of, I guess, deconstruct or, or, you know, dissect or dismantle or whatever, and look at what it is that leaves us with that uncomfortable feeling and how we can define this for ourselves and allow ourselves to enjoy it. There are a hundred different ways to to get at the, you know, get at this. But one of the things that I like to think about is in the last 12 months, when did you have absolute joy? Are you really asking me? (laughs) I'm like, are you really asking me? This is your podcast, Gina. You only have to answer if you want to. (laughs) But you know, one of the things I say is when did you have absolute joy and absolute, absolute joy. So you know, I can say in the last 12 months, you know, in the last 24 hours, I can say when I had absolute joy, because literally AJ, when AJ uh, and I saw a hole in the ground and he saw a bug flying around, he says, there are many creatures in the ground, Nisi, we can find them. I had absolute joy because his own imagination, you know, now he's telling me the story. I had absolute joy. Like I'm so happy, right? A friend of mine had absolute joy when she perfected the caramel cheesecake recipe and put it in front of her friends. And there was an orgasmic explosion of joy from her friends of having this caramel cheesecake. I mean, that was her moment of joy, right? So one of the questions to ask yourself is when did I have joy, right? For many of us, we got to think way back, you know, okay, I can't think of joy this year. I'm not sure I can think of joy, you know, so when was it? So you begin to go backwards in time and you begin to look at how you had joy when you were younger, before you had so many responses, before you were a single mom who was working full time, how did you have joy? Yeah. And you try to find one of those things and say, where can I bring that back into my life? How can that come back into my life as an adult in some, some context or some way? And when you do that, the process of thinking about it in and of itself is a teacher, you know, in and of itself, it gives you a sense of, huh, Because I like you, Gina, people would say, what do you do for fun? I don't plan fun, which is not intentional. And so one of the things I've had to work on is how do I intentionally plan for the fact that I'm going to have eight hours on Sunday? 
Otherwise, I, it becomes a set of chores, a set of work, work. Remember here right. what I, I rules? So right. if I don't plan for fun, the eight hours become some sort of work. So you have to plan. I need to tell you that since I attended your retreat, I have a journal on my bedside and I have been working on, on at night when I go to bed, writing, you know, what I'm grateful for, what my high points were, what my low points were, but how I'm going to make up for it. But really to give myself a positive, like reflect on my day and really focus on that mindset of recognizing the beauty in our lives, right? And what I'm grateful for. I'll admit to you that I've only done it twice because I do fall asleep with my computer most of the time and I'm trying to break that habit. But so Gina, stop bringing your computer to bed. <laughs> that is easier said than done, but you're right. That's something I should commit to. I want to ask you, how do you end your day? And what would you, what might be a recommendation you would make? for the rest of us. I'm thinking about how we're wrapping up our day and really being intentional as we're going to bed, because of course that's going to impact the way that we sleep. So, you know, it's interesting. There, there are so many sleep experts who can give such good advice about this. And here's the one thing I know, there needs to be a break between your active mind and your restful mind. That's what all the sleep experts tell us. So what does that mean for you? For me, it could be watching a, a, a sitcom. It could be me watching a Netflix. It could be doing something that's not about things that I have to do something about the next day. One of the tips I once had as a person who was trying to finish a PhD was don't ever complete your last thought that you're on a roll on. Like right when you're on the roll, don't finish. Stop. Because when you come back and read it, the energy will pick you up because the hardest part of writing your PhD is getting into it each day not finishing out. So sometimes like in the day, if I had to work on Sunday afternoon to get ready for Monday, then I leave things kind of right ready to go. And I know they're ready to go. I've set them up. I'm ready. So then I don't have to spend all night trying to work on that. Like what I have to do tomorrow, how do I get in line? What's my structure? So I I always have a sense of where my next day is going to go on Monday morning. So then I'm ready for it. You know, am I going to need to prepare more in the morning? What am I going to need to do to be ready? But the biggest part is to make sure that you sleep in space that is comforting to you and that you disconnect from the engagement of the things that cause your mind to be heavy in work and problem solving and and those kinds of things. And so what most people do is they fall in bed exhausted and somewhere in the middle of the night, they kind of wake up and they kind of maybe still have their clothes on or they're got their computer in bed with them, Gina. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I never, you know, I'll bring my computer to bed. I am trying this new thing where my computer is in a space that I use for working. And then my tablet is in a space I use for playing. Okay. So I can play a video game at night before I go to bed. Sometimes that can really, really be relaxing to me. Huh. But this is a device I use to play. This is the device I use to work. And, and that's just a little trick, right? And I'm being intentional to try to create separation. And during COVID, that was really hard for people. And so it, little tricks that you can give yourself to create separation are really helpful when you're trying to create new habits of intentionality. That is so helpful. And Denise, I can't thank you enough for this conversation because I know so many people are going to be grateful for all that you've shared here. 
And they should know that you regularly do retreats on intentional living. You have some coming up as well as some um, power learning sessions on topics related to intentional living. So I want everybody to know that they should be checking that out on the Institute's website, but also if you have anything you want to share, kind of a preview. So I can tell you that there are a couple of things coming up. One, I think on July the 30th, I'm doing just a free little workshop called Dragonfly Summer about agility. And it will be about agility as it relates to work, but also to our personal lives. And was really inspired at the beginning of summer. This year, you can tell I'm all hung up with my dragonflies. So maybe it'll be a little bit of that. Let's pretend imagination piece thrown in. So that's July the 30th. Check out the Institute for the time. In addition, in September, about the third weekend in September, we're going to have an intentional life retreat. Many women who have been signing up for the Designing Your um, Career to Fit Your Life series that I have been offering through Ursuline and will offer again this fall have asked if we can have a retreat. And so we will be having an in-person retreat. And I hope that you'll check out the website and join us for that it's an eight-hour experience to do a lot of the things, Gina, you and I were talking about today, but to do the work. This is roll up your sleeves and let's get busy about having the life that you deserve. Someone said to me, that's a weird word, Denise, that you deserve it. But I live by this philosophy that all of us you know, were born with greatness and beautiful gifts that we offer to the world. And why shouldn't we be all that we can be and have all the happiness that we want? It is in the purposefulness of living that one is happier. And really it is with intentionality that you find that sense of peace, that sense of energy and confidence and calm. And so I hope that September will be a great time for people to say, hey, I've had that summer vacation. I've been on a trip to the mountains with my children in a Winnebago. And I now I just want to come and I want to take care of myself. And they've gone back to school. Hopefully, we pray that with COVID, they've all gone back to school. And you might take a moment, one Saturday in September, to be with us, to be intentional. That is wonderful. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I think I'm, I'm going to come back again because I've learned so much and want to continue to learn and grow. And I hope that so many who are listening will join us. Denise, thank you so much. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to talk with you and to share this with anybody who wants to talk more about it. Being intentional is a lot of fun. It makes for a happier life. It does. You're changing lives everywhere. Ah, Thanks, Gina. Thank you, Denise. Thanks for listening in today. And to learn more about our guests, visit our website at womenwellnesswork.ursuline.edu. Don't forget to subscribe to Women's Work on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.